Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with so. Angeline. And today we're talking about Cortex games. So we're talking specifically Cortex Classic. So there's a difference between Cortex Classic and what later became Cortex. Current, the current iteration is Cortex Prime. Right. And then it was uh, for a while there it was called Cortex Plus. It was never a system by itself. It was always associated with a game. Cortex Classic. I really thought the system was interesting. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Deadlands uh, in a sense. Uh, you have six attributes, which are represented by die type. Uh, the higher the die type, the more the better it is, right? So you could have a D4 for strength, a D6, D8, D10, and to D12. It never got to D20. What would happen is you'd have a D... A D12 plus another D2 or a D3, and then that's the way it works. A D2? Is that when you take a D4 and only do ones and twos? Or you could do a D6 and cut it and put it by half or whatever, however you want to do it. But you could do it any way you want. Most of most time, the max would be a D12 for an attribute. And then you would have skills that would range the same way. They would have a D4 or even a D2 for skills and a D6 for skill, whatever that skill was, whether it's acrobatics or burglary or all kinds, whatever skills you can think of. I always have a hard time with when you start talking about a game system and you just jump right into the mechanics of the dice and I have no clue as to what that means when you're playing a game. I mean, okay. uh, I understand attributes and skills, but... Give me a little more context. I am. So you have your attributes, which are six. There's three physical, three mental. And then you have skills or, or things that you can do as a character. And what you do is, and everything is represented by a die type. So, and the higher the number or the higher the, the maximum number, the better it is. So a D8 is obviously, obviously better than D6. So what happens is you add your attribute, whatever attribute it is that is attached to that skill. Let's say you're climbing. You can use your strength. Plus your, let's say your strength is a D6 and your climbing skill is a D4. You would roll a D4 and a D6, roll them together and add those numbers together. So instead of just as in something that I can relate to as in a D&D game where you roll your D20 for your skill check for climbing, right. whether you have climbing or not, if it wasn't climbing, it would be strength Probably. or dexterity. Or dexterity, depending on what kind of climbing. And then you would just roll your dice and add your modifier to it. Right. Or whatever. How, yes. Whatever, yeah. So yeah. this way you take two different dice instead of a D20 and you right. roll them and you right. add them. And you add them and you're trying to get a target number. And the target numbers are, they range from something like super easy to, e there's, a, there's like a ladder. There's easy, super easy, super easy, easy, average, hard, formidable, impossible, legendary, something like that. I don't know them off the top of my head, but that's what you have, these target numbers. And if you have a plus... Like, let's say you have a little bit of an advantage, like in D&D. Let's say you have climbing gloves, okay? So you have a, a D4 in, in climbing. You have a climbing gloves. Then you step up to the next die. So you would get a D6 instead of a D4. Or if somebody's giving you a boost, then you and you have a D4 or D6 in climbing, you could bump it up to a D8. So that's how you would handle uh, advantages and stuff like that. Even disadvantages, if something was like, if you're trying to shoot somebody and it's super dark or raining or storming, 
Yeah, let's say you have a, a D8 for shooting, it would go down to a D6. I was, the GM I was reading about this system, and one of the things I found interesting is they call, if you roll a one, it's called a hitch. A hitch? Hitches. There are hitches instead of like... Botches? Whatever. <laughs> but they, they called it a hitch. Huh. Something bad would happen. Right. Something goes wrong with your attempt. Oh, wow. Interesting. I don't remember reading that. So another thing about these few games that came out using the Cortex Classic system, there was Supernatural, BSG, Battlestar Galactica, Serenity, Serenity. and this game called Demon Hunters. It's not even on my Wikipedia for Demon Hunters. It isn't even there. <laughs> well, Demon Hunters, it must have been. Uh, well, okay. So Demon Hunters is is kind of a tongue-in-cheek, they call it, a horror game, right? Where you're battling, much like Supernatural, you're battling demons or things that are evil. And you're part of this brotherhood of the guiding torch or something like that. That's And you're in the Pacific Northwest, which is based off a movie. Okay, the the RPG and the movie is called Demon Hunters. And the people who put that out were a dead men society or something like that. Gen- dead gentlemen society or something. And they're the ones who came out with the movie, The Gamers. Remember that? I don't know if you've ever seen that. Gun. I don't know. That, it, sound, that term sounds really familiar to so me. So there was a movie called The Gamers. I guess it was in the early 90s or mid 90s where they literally make a movie about being gamers. Right. They show people like this guy trying to get the game together, right? He's trying to get his friends to play, like in college. Is this on YouTube or is it an actual sure, movie? I'm, no, it's an actual movie okay. that they actually made and produced and stuff. They made it themselves, so it's like totally. But one of the things is that they that then it goes from the real world to the game world, right? Like they're playing a the game, and then and then some guy. One of the funniest or memorable moments is where the guy is playing a thief. Goes okay, so you guys are in a tavern. Boom, they're all in a tavern, right? In this old tavern, and the guy's like uh, drinking, right? They're all and the characters are drinking, right? So they're playing their own characters, and this one guy's playing a thief, and the guy goes, "Oh, I'm gonna steal," and he's like has a super high uh, thieving skill, or whatever. He goes, "I'm gonna steal his pouch," and he goes, "Okay," so he goes, "You have to roll." So they roll dice. You hear the dice roll. He goes, "Yeah, I did it," and he and all of a sudden a, a pouch appears in the guy's hand, right in the in the, in the movie. And he's like, yeah, I got that. So he sticks out. He goes, I'm going to steal his pants. Right? So he goes, how are you going to steal his pants? He goes, I get it. If I get the roll, then they go back to the real world. And he's the guy's arguing the rules, right? So it's totally a tongue-in-cheek game, a movie. And that's the kind of... And so they made a dead de- a Demon Hunters movie. I, and they I can honestly say I never saw this movie. You, know, you probably saw bits and pieces of the gamers, no? No. Okay. But I think Felipe owns the game. The movie? The DVD. Uh, I may have had to watch it through it with Felipe, yes. (laughs) At the house, yeah. But that doesn't mean I was watching it. And then another funny part that I remember is like, and then me and Mike were just talking about it, is that the the gamer, there's a a gamer in a movie who's like super popular. He's handsome. He goes out with girls. So he's always gone, right? So they go, what are we going to do with the, what's his name's character? Oh, he'll just stand there, right? So in the game when they're in playing the you know, when they're when they're filming in the game, he's just standing there by himself, right? Like super stiff, like a statue. And they're all doing all kinds of things around. 
they're going, what about Charlie? I forget his name. He goes, well, he's not doing anything. And all of a sudden, the door opens into their dorm room. He goes, hey, guys, what's going on? No, oh, you guys are playing a game. So he sits down and starts playing. So all of a sudden, the statue starts doing stuff. And then all of a sudden, he goes, I got to go in real life. And so he goes, look, he gets stiff. Or he disappears. He goes, you know what? That doesn't make sense. I'm just going to have him disappear. And so they just start arguing about, well, should he disappear or should he just stay there and be a long player character? It was interesting part of the movie. Anyway, so those guys had made this movie, another movie called Demon Hunters and Margaret Weiss and Demon Hunters, the Dead Gentleman Productions made this game called Demon Hunters. I don't know why you go into this big thing about Demon Hunters. It probably didn't sell very well. Uh, it was a kind of a, it was already kind of a cult. This is when I say, anyway, it was there was of- another part of the system that I think is important to talk about. Plot points. Plot points. Yes. Yeah, so plot points are, uh, were kind of, kind of new back then right this whole idea of of uh now everybody uses them right well they use they call them different things in different systems but basically if you need to re-roll a dice you can hand your chit in this is my plot point and i don't know how many plot points each character gets but you can spend the plot point to gain an extra dice or different things so that you can hit your target number Right, right. So there, in other games, in, in Savage Rules, they're bennies. In Fate, they're Fate Point in all kinds of games. Saul always represents them as he, he bought these really cool poker chips when, yeah. he, when he wanted to do the sum all. They were freaking expensive, but they're pretty cool. They're square. They're like rectangles and different colors. Yes. And so when he, whenever we play a Fate game or different kind of game where he wants to give out, give you literally two points or two, what do you call them? Yeah. Usually you call them fate points or... You, Plot points or bennies or whatever, whatever but, depending on the game. I'm talking about you. Oh, me. Yeah. I, I, I just hand them to him. Too. He, he just hands you two chits and says, anytime during the game, you need to use it. You can use it for blah, blah, oh, blah, yeah, blah. Right, right, right. And so then, you know, you're doing really crappy and you just take one of those chits and you give it to him. Chips, and, then, yeah. and then you can actually do what hopefully, you want. Hopefully it. do what you want. Yeah. I really like the idea of handing out those uh, little plot points in, in this game uh, because I, I think it sometimes the the dice are against you and uh, and it adds an element of how how special the characters are in the game if you want to portray the characters as being slightly special or what might save their bacon in times of need so it seems like a lot of the games or all of the games here that were published, although Demon Hunters I'm not sure about, uh, <laughs> Serenity, Battlestar Galactica, and Supernatural, they're all IPs, right? For and Right. Was there a reason they went with those? Or is is the Cortex system, can you just play anything with it or make up your own or, or do you... Did they specifically publish it for these games? I think well, that was the that's what they were doing, right? And and uh, I think that I don't know when the first book was published. It was in the early two thousands. Two thousand and five was was um, was Serenity. Serenity. Wow. Okay. So Serenity. I think Serenity the movie. It was based on the movie. There's all kinds of IP issues, uh, intellectual property issues, and 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 licenses. So when they published that game that role-playing game it was based on the movie so they could only use things that were in the movie not from the show because those were different rights and somebody had a different license or different rights to that show compared to the movie so they were using 
uh, I, shots from the movie. There was a, a stills from the movie, you know, photographs that they used inside the role-playing game. I think it was a pretty good RPG. I, I remember when it first came out, the RPG, it was super popular at conventions. When people ran it, they were super full. So in my research that I did really quickly, um, <laughs> the cor- the predecessor to Cortex was called Sovereign Stone Game ah, System, yes. produced by Sovereign Press, Inc., published by Corsair Publishing. And it was based on the Sovereign Stone, Stone oh. novels. And the game was written by Larry Elmore and Don, Don Perrin. And it says that in 2004, the rights for this went to Margaret Weiss Productions and then it was used for Serenity, published in 2005. So, so Margaret Weiss is known for, I don't know. Dragons? She's right. She's <laughs> dragons? She's a, I, don't, she, I don't know. I guess she's a writer. Yes. I'm not sure yes. she's a writer, but, but or she's just a production person. I'm pretty sure she's a writer because her and Tracy Hickman, I believe, wrote a bunch of novels or somebody. She wrote a, a bunch of novels for she, somebody else. Yes. I don't, and I think it's Tracy Hickman. I'm not sure. I don't know the other person, but I know that when I was in the 90s, there were, they're about dragons. Oh, Dragonlance? That was, so, I know that was Tracy Hickman, but it was probably produced by her. Anyway, Margaret Weiss went into the publishing business, right? She owned a publishing company and they were, I think it was mainly to publish novels and she got into the role-playing game business and when she got into role-playing game business i think her name and people knew who she was and back then it was like let's gobble up all these uh ips that we can right kind of like what modifius is doing now by buying up all these licenses to these ips these and it was called Dragonlance. oh it was Dragonlance. and it was with tracy hickman okay thank you thank you so she had a lot of clout in the in the, in the fantasy book business, and that gave her a lot of clout in the in the role playing game business when she started publishing books. So she she got that those IPs probably largely built on the fact that she was somebody that people knew about. So she published Battlestar Galactica. They published Supernatural. I don't know what order Demon Hunters, and uh, and though I think Serenity was really popular. Uh, I'm not sure Supernatural and uh, and BSG did very well. I mean, I remember, like I said, I remember when I was at DungeonCon years ago, when it, when it, right after the book came out, there was a couple games at DungeonCon one year, and they literally had for a six-player table, they had like 45 entries. People wanted to get in. Because back then they would, and it's still now, they tell you how many people will try to get into your game. And... Uh, which is pretty cool. I mean, and it was super popular for like two or three years. And then it could just kind of, you know, the hotness went away. For so, whatever reason, a lot of people don't like the system. They think it's, it's, not, it's not very well done or it doesn't work very well. I never thought it was a particularly terrible system. And I actually thought it was sort of easy and simple. Uh, years later, they came out with the Cortex Plus Oh, no, that they did, but they came with Cortex Classic, just the book that had just the rules. So the the problem with uh, these three or four different games is that they were even if you include Sovereign Stone, they all had different rules. They had different sets of skills, and 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 you couldn't, not that you would want to, but they were slightly different for each game. Kind of like Modifia Two D Twenty system is little different for each game and uh, tales from the loop the year zero engine it's different in each game that it there's a different iteration of it 
And the same thing was for Cortex Classic. Each gaming system, each book had slightly different rules. At later on, they came up with Cortex Plus, which was powered, which powered like uh, leverage. It powered uh, Marvel superheroes, uh, Lois, Superman and Lois or something like that. Is that one? Uh, Smallville. Smallville. That's the one. It, it, I never played that system. Uh, it's a little bit uh, more open, I think, or more storytelling-ish. Oh. And some people really like that system. The thing is, again, is that it never really had a system uh, to, like a book, like just the rules. Well, Cortex Plus also has Firefly role-playing game. Right. Which is, I assume, a version of Serenity. Margaret Weiss lost the, lost the rights to publish... All those games, the the licenses lapsed. She wasn't able to, or the company wasn't able to keep it. And so this other company they made up, I forget who published it, went to Kickstarter and they made Firefly, which was based on the TV show. They used Cortex Plus system instead of Cortex Plus. And then there's a new one, Cortex Prime. Right. So people were clamoring for a, a rule set that was just Cortex Plus. And there was this, some... I think they came out with the Cortex Hackers book, which was only available on Drive Through RPG. Yeah, Cortex Hacks, Cortex Plus Hackers Hackers Guide. Yes, and I, I always wanted to get it, but I kind of like physical books, and I don't know if they were ever offered a print on demand version. But I there was a PDF, and and for me, for me, I don't use. I think Apple products are really good for you reading PDFs because they're super quick. But like my Android tablets, it's kind of slow. No, my Android tablet, I read PDFs all the time. You're just fine. Maybe I'm just it's yeah. user error. <laughs> I mean, I still I like PDFs. I read PDFs. I buy PDFs. And buy I the ton. Yeah, usually for charities, and uh, or they give them to me because I I I buy the book, physical book, so they give me the PDF. They, so the, this hacker's guide presented three flavors of Cortex Plus: right. drama, action, and heroic. Right. Which kind of put all of the and and it also says that the firefly role-playing game used the leverage rule set so what did they take the different rules and pick the one that they thought worked best right so each game after cortex classic uh smallville is considered a drama version uh-huh. of cortex plus and then uh, there was what was it, was it action action so there was the action one which was more, uh, I forget what game. I think that was Super Marvel Heroes. Marvel right. Heroic Role Playing. Right. Yeah. So that was more action orientated. So it dealt with more like punching and action stuff instead of this. Wouldn't that be heroic? Heroic. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't know. It's one of the two. I don't, I don't own either one of them. But it was had less rules for like uh, interpersonal relationships and and uh, social combat. They call it. Some people call it social combat and all that stuff. Where in those superhero one there's no need for that or there's less need for that even then it had different flavors so then i, I believe they kick-started the cortex prime handbook yes so it it says this is this is the way that i got it they kind of cam banks and margaret weiss came together and he took over the the licensed cortex systems and then kick-started the or which one is that which book are you are you cortex called? prime game handbook Oh, it must have just come out. Did you just get that book? Because it says that it was supposed to come out in 2021. So since you're you're holding the book in your hands, 
Um, I did not Kickstarter, by the way. I I, I realized that, <laughs> but you did buy it, so. Yes. So, so according to what I have, and you can tell me if this is right, they, when um, Cam, Cam, Banks. Cam Banks wanted to, to normalize all the Cortex plus era and put them all in, and classic and put it into a unified system. Right. So that's why he did this Kickstarter and they discarded the drama action and heroic flavors of plus and instead offers an extensible modular system that can be custom built for vastly different playing experiences. Really? And, and, and it's not a role playing game. No, it's just a system. Yes, and it's totally like it says modular. It is literally modular. You add and subtract whatever you want. So it is a role playing game builder. So you could put whatever you want, take out, leave out what you don't want, and it's it's an amazing thing. But it takes a little work, right? It's, to set up whatever you want to do. When you tell me that, it reminds me of Savage Worlds. Is Savage yes. Worlds the one where you can do anything, and you your the GM usually has to tell you you need to to break it down into these this subset of what you want. Yes, uh, but it's even more than that because like Savage Worlds still has that the base mechanic, the base rules. This one doesn't even have that. It's like whatever rules you want to use is the one. It's like you want to use this set of rules, this part of the rule. That's what you use, and so there's all kinds of modules. Different parts that you could add or subtract or leave out or however you want to call it, and so it's pretty interesting. I thought it was pretty neat. I liked the idea behind it. I think the Kickstarter was really late, and there was a lot of people griping about it. Well, it started in it was funded um, in April of 2017. Yeah, and it came out in 2021. Yeah, that's four years. That's a long time. For Kickstarter, but it, but it had five stretch goals, and it, one of them was, or one of its stretch goals was, they came out with five volumes to, of spotlight mini settings compiled by twenty-two authors. Right. So, the, so it does have already inside the book different, uh, different, different games in it. If you like what the, if you like the, the system, the system, and the and the, and the modular parts that that they put together like one of them is trace 2.0 which is i'm not sure what it is because i haven't really read the book but i already like looked through it a little bit and it looked really neat i thought it was i, I always wanted the, the the cortex classic they have a cortex classic book with just the rules mm -hmm. i bought that and that was pretty cool that was when marcus weiss was still in, in in charge of the production and it had like one of her uh settings in that book i forget what setting it was but the, there was three settings in that book, and one of them was for one of her novel settings. Uh, you could play in one of her novel settings. Anyway, so Cortex Classic, basically a dead system. Uh, they've moved on to this Cortex Plus, or well, now called Cortex Prime. Cam Banks, the, the person who was in charge of it, who was writing it, he took, well, like I said, he took a long time trying to get this book out. And, and of course, with the pandemic, things hit, you know, it slowed everything down. But there was a lot of stuff in that book. It's really neat. I mean, I really like the concept of that Cortex Prime book because it's so basically you can make any game you want, any setting you want, if you like the system. And the system is actually pretty simple. It's pretty neat. But it, and, it's, and they still have the ladder. Like seven is easy, eleven is challenging, fifteen is hard, and nineteen is very hard. So you still have you roll the different dice. 
that you and you still add them together and you're still trying to get hit a target number. You pick a skill and an attribute. That is a good system if you uh, want to put together your own game. Maybe you have a setting or your own, uh, what is it, your own ideas of, of a game, but there's no no rule set that you like that fits that setting or, the, or that or that idea that you have. That is a good system to use. It could be can be a little bit more complicated. It doesn't have to be. For example, my brother always wanted to make a role-playing game. I think the hardest thing to come up with is the mechanics. And because the mechanics, if it doesn't if it doesn't work well, it kind of makes the game not play well. So if you have some something like this, like a system that's already been play tested, it already works, all you have to do is figure out what parts of a of a game you want to include in it. I think for any budding role-playing maker it's a good way of making a game or you can take the system well i don't know about making a game but in your campaign that you're going to run you can use the system right if you don't like other systems right and i think it's a very i always liked it i I always thought that it was neat uh just like deadlands i liked it because you get to use almost all your uh, all your polyhedral dice except the d20 you get to use the D4 through the D12. Now, how many games use a D12 these days? Not very many. But it's a very interesting die. It just looks funky. Uh, and I and I remember r- rolling those dice when I was playing AD&D. And I really liked it. Doesn't Feng Shui use D12? Or is that D8? D- Feng Shui uses two D6s. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> what else uses D12? The, hardly anything uses a D12. I still remember uh, D12 was a was a damage for a, oh my God, I forgot, a longsword if you use it one-handed. Possibly. No, a two-handed sword if you use one-handed. If you use the longsword two hands, I think it's three, three to eight in AD&D. I'm going way back. And, and Cam Banks mentions it in the beginning of, a, of one of the books. I forget which one it was. must have been the first one, uh, Serenity, that he liked the... One, he liked the idea of rolling dice, and he really liked the polyhedrals. He thought of them as sexy compared to just like these sixes, right? And I'm in the same boat, right? And I mean, I've been playing. Uh, I started playing a well, original D and D, and then A D and D, and I really liked all those different dice, except for the D four that you step on. Those things are dangerous. I <laughs> know. I still like the D fours, but but you know, you know what I mean. It's like I get to use all my polyhedral dice that I've of all these sets that I have. And the bags of bags of dice that you've bought and my son's bought. And that's pretty neat. I just like the idea of being able to use those dice. That's why on some games, like, even though I love the Year Zero engine, you only use six-sided dice. I love Tales from the Loop. Well, it's the same system. 2D20, I love that system, but you only roll D6s and D20s. What about the D8s? You know, what about the D4s and the D12s? Those highly unloved games. Unloved dice. Unloved dice. It's funny that that uh, that I mentioned those. There's other games like uh, what does uh, Liminal use? Does it use two d sixes? Yes, right. So Liminal uses two d sixes. But in his upcoming game, uh, Out of the Ashes, Paul Mitchner, he's using two d tens. Ooh, cool! Yeah, I love the d tens too. So anyway, I really like the system, even the Cortex Classic system, even though it's kind of maligned by people who are. I don't know. I don't know why, but well, it depends on each group, right? Right. Some people really like certain things certain ways, and but if you start, if if you're playing, if you got the Serenity book when it came out, and you're still playing it, you probably have adjusted to the system, right? Definitely. Or or made your own changes, right? right. 
and people still run Serenity. I mean, I know uh, Firefly, which is the, the the one that uses the Cortex Plus system. I've seen that at conventions, but I've definitely seen Serenity Cortex Classics the much more. It's just a different. It just gives you a different vibe. There's different rules. Cortex Plus is a little bit more hippie indie vibe to it than, and I hate to use those words, but that's that's how you describe those games. You know, hippie indie vibe, right? And where Cortex Classic is kind of more of a fuddy duddy old style type of game. I don't know. I'm an old fuddy duddy. I kind of like that old style game. I would still love to play a Serenity game. I've never, I think I, Felipe ran it a little bit. I ran a home game of it. I'm, uh, I know Becky from uh, who runs the kids' rooms at Kublacon. She runs it quite a bit at the convention, but she runs it in the teen room. You can only, if you get lucky and no teen wants to play in it, try to get into that game. I don't know. I think uh, with this Cortex Prime book, uh, the, I think a lot of people will be playing their own version of whatever games they want to play and maybe even run like a Serenity game or, or a Firefly game. Okay, is there anything else you want to tell me about this system? For whatever reason, the, the Cortex Classic games like uh, Serenity and stuff, they were really climbing in price for a long time. But now if you go on eBay, you can find them for like 20 bucks. Is that, is that because the new, new book came out? No, I don't know what happened. I don't know. Some of them are still expensive. Like some of them are really rare, like Out of the Black for whatever reason, which was a book, like a book of adventures for uh, Serenity. Some of the adventure, the adventure book for Supernatural is, is out there. Supernatural, for some reason, is kind of still high. But like, because the TV show is it just ending recently, right? Yeah, that's true. And but like Serenity, which I thought was you know was even more rare, but uh, probably more books were printed for Serenity than for Supernatural. And you're right; I think the show just ended. There's quite a bit of interest. It was a really popular show. It ran for like what eleven seasons? Thirteen. Thirteen. Wow. That's, or something like that. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. That's a long run. No wonder they well, they so still have conventions. Oh. I mean, they're still doing yes. conventions. Yeah, they I, will be for a long time. Yeah, sure. I just saw a convention is going to be in Las Vegas, I believe, and it, they're really expensive. <laughs> well, Even though I would love to go uh, just to check things out, but, man, it's a little pricey. But anyway, I think the Cortex Classic, you can find Serenity, you can find Battlestar Galactica probably for, like, 20 bucks on ebay and i don't know about supernatural for whatever reason that one's much higher i'm gonna i want to take saul's word on any of that because if you go onto ebay it might change suddenly it could it could you never know uh also demon hunters uh demon hunters did come with a second edition or they call it something else they call it demon hunters but what's it uh something terrors and uh it was kick-started in 2014 it's obviously still in print you can find that I don't know what they changed, but it still it still uses the same uh, it uses Cortex, but I think it uses Cortex Plus. So there you go. There you go. Everything you wanted to know or didn't want to know. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. You have a good day.